I started from nothing Never knew where my next meal was coming But I transform my life I stay one step ahead Mindset of disruption I own the edge This is a drill cast Where I bring the wisdom you need Everyone is selling knowledge I get mine away for free I'm as real as it gets You either love or hate me Best believe I'm Major League Bill Hines That's me This is the drill cast So on this episode of Thrillcast, we have professional rock star drummer. I don't know how to introduce him because, damn, this guy's played. Like, if I say the band, you're going to know it. Uh, he, he's an amazing, phenomenal drummer, Robin Diaz, um, from all the way from Los Angeles, California. Um, so, uh, obviously during COVID, we have to do these zoom ones. I, you definitely would like to be here in person. I know that's for a fact. And, you know, oh, yeah. where these, I would like to say where these couches are is where your drum kit would be set up right now, actually in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you sure. doing, Robin? I'm good, man. Uh, thanks for having me, Bill and everybody, uh, in the studio. Appreciate it. What's going on, Dan? Um, hey, man, how's it going? Yeah, dude. Uh, I miss you, Bill. I miss you too, Robin. Yeah, wow, so, dude. So, you know, obviously, you know, being a, a, the a drummer of many rock bands and pop bands, and I saw on your list uh, One Direction. We'll talk about that later and some <laughs> other bands. Uh, yeah. I didn't know you were in a boy band. Um, anyway, um, uh, definitely going to ask you about Courtney Love and a couple other bands that you were in. But uh, obviously, most people know you formerly of uh, – uh, most recently, I should say, is, uh, you know, when uh, Chad Gracie of the multi-platinum rock band Live got hurt. Uh, Live yes. ma made the call, uh, and you, you, you were like, yeah, I'm there. And, uh, you know, such a nice guy you are to just drop every – like, you got a lot of shit going on, obviously. And a lot of people command your presence to record for them in sessions for, on their albums. Not many people – know that that uh you know you're on a lot of songs where the main drummer you know is you know or their their drummer is not on it because they're just not good at uh we won't name names they're, they're just not good at being in the studio laying yeah. tracks yeah 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 put the light on keep going keep going yeah keep going there you go it looks good so so with live you know you get that call and and uh you know gracie was making food for his child, one of his children, and slipped and fell on like mac and cheese and tore his arm up. And, you know, you had to step in and it winded up actually becoming a longer role than you anticipated. And, uh, you know, I, I actually thought it was pretty cool when, you know, you saw you and him when he started to get healthy, even when he had one arm, it's like the timing that it's almost like you guys had timing by osmosis. It was like something subliminal or telepathy was going on but it was like just the movements were just like pretty fucking amazing and it made for a pretty theatrical show actually it was amazing because it's like because we're both rock drummers and we both feel you know the kick and snare and the beat and and following really ed's vocals so yeah and plus we both come from that just that rock and roll backbeat you know uh, a bonum of keith moon and you know dave Grohl. so we both you know 
know what to do. And for me, uh, it was just really to, to feel the heartbeat of Chad in the beginning stages of that, to feel Chad's kick drum, his, the heartbeat, because he's the heartbeat of the band, the soul of the band, like that just, you cannot hear a live song without hearing what he does. And uh, yeah, for me, that was just kind of just feeling that. And sometimes like, you know, the live energy of the show, it's hard to contain and to kind of like reel us in because we are the drummers and, and the guys that are keeping the beat going. So, uh, you know, the, depending on the energy of the show, there'd be moments where he or I would just lead or just kind of like sit back, you know, just depends what the vibe was and what song. But other than that, it was, it was a, it one hell of a show. Everyone always has said that from Dave Grohl to Taylor Hawkins to, to many people that's seen the show. So. Oh yeah, that's right. You guys did play with Foo Fighters, and uh, Taylor Hawkins came out, and Dave Grohl came out, and they were standing next to me, side stage, just fucking with their mouths, like. And then fuck it, it was funny though because Grohl, well, you would know this because you were working at the time, you know, and uh, so was Gracie, but Grohl says, looks at Hawkins, and he goes, "Don't get any ideas." You know, just like, you know, joking around. He's like, don't get any ideas. He's like, that's just fucking awesome. He's like, that's just awesome. He's like, don't get any ideas. It was so it was cool to see that it was being appreciated by, you know, hey, let's face it, you know, Dave Grohl, you know, he'll be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one day. I mean, and, what a powerhouse of musician. Any compliment from him is like, carries yeah. a lot of weight. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 And it was, and he's a sweetheart of a guy, too. I mean, that yeah. was a whole story that night before that show, but yeah out with those guys and we was, don't talk crazy. about that what stays in <laughs> yeah what's in the rock star dressing room stays in the rock star dressing room bill. absolutely bill yeah exactly those aren't the race car stays in the race car <laughs> exactly um oh yeah I, I was gonna ask real quick too i guess just the dynamic like as a drummer myself like i've done like little duets and like mess around playing with other drummers and all that stuff and it's really hard to get super locked in tight where you don't get like that flammy sound of, like the snare drum and all that stuff it, like it has to be so dead on precise um, and I'm guessing, like, did you guys use a click for that, too, to help out, or how? Absolutely, Dan. Mm -hmm. Oh, you did? did. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know We that. used a click, but, I mean, sometimes, though, you understand, you're always on a click, and I personally like clicks, uh, especially for this particular time and moment, because mm -hmm. there was two drummers. Um, but most of the time, I really don't like clicks, because I, I, I like to be a pulse to set the pace for the, so, for the show and the band. But, yeah, I mean... It was, I mean, we had to be on a click because it was our first time doing this ever. And I know for Gracie, um, it was like a huge, huge, hey, I want to I wanna thank him for allowing me to do this for as long as I get to do it. It was like about a year and a half. And, uh, and, and just actually sometimes as I'm playing, kind of look over to my left and watch him do his thing for me was phenomenal, a really good area and a space to be in at that time and moment. So yeah, man, playing with the click is good. You have to for that situation. Mm -hmm. So other than that, there would be flams everywhere. And then sometimes, yes, there was flams, you can tell, but it's because the energy of two drummers that would just have a moment. And I think that's what kind of heightened the show. And I mm -hmm. think Ed and, and Taylor and, and Pat appreciate that both at times. Oh, for sure, I agree. It's it's funny. Gracie was on a, a earlier episode of Thrillcast a few weeks ago, and uh, it's funny. You know how like if 
I don't know if I had Chad on or somebody like that, I would say, hey, this is the lead guitarist of live. Uh, I uh, I actually uh, was like, oh, this is the lead drummer of live, you know, because there were two drummers. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. He took it well. But, uh, yeah, he, you know, obviously, you know, without you stepping in, the show would not have gone on because you kind of need a drummer. You can't just like, oh, we'll just play to a drum track. I mean, I guess you could, but it would I mean, bands with Dunn, that's show. not the same thing at all. It's yeah. I mean, I'm biased it's not, a drummer. It's not an industrial band where it's just like, you know, a program drum beat and the guys in the front row. This is live well, was a an arena stadium rock band. Plus, when you have massive, you know, front man like Ed in the band, it's like it's not just sure, you can all say, you know, don't mean to say this, but you can say a band like like live. Most of the time, people are there to see Ed, and then you, if you're not thinking that, then you, you're in another world. But he is one ego on the stage that just commands the crowd, and he doesn't do oh, it on purpose. Does. It's just the two of him bodies. So for us, meaning Chad uh, and, and CG and myself, to be a part of that, there's moments where the band is bigger than anything in the universe. Yeah. And then all of that, seeing CT, because I was in front of uh, behind CT, yeah. that guy. He just goes, he just transforms into a whole nother like beast. Totally, totally different and, person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that was my first experience in a band to experience that. Not just a front man. I played with many good front people, but never a guitarist like that. And uh, it actually, it made me step up my game. Like it, I wanted to kick CT in the nuts every night playing. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny you say that because. The first person that actually, like, I saw it just because obviously, you know, going to all these shows and you see opening acts and then, you know, heck, just from being friends with them, we would get tickets to, you know, like their, your agents, just like your agents would do, their agents would do, you know, we'd get tickets to the Black Crows or we'd get tickets to Daughtry or Foo Fighters or Guns N' Roses, you know, just go check them out. And uh, Sean Hennessy was like, listen, he's like. Chad Taylor's a manly guitarist. Like he's got these manly, meaty hands that if you know he plays something on the same guitar I play, it's gonna come out different. Oh, yeah. And and so many people say that. And think about this, you know, we could be backstage in the dressing room ten minutes before the show. Most people don't change who they are. Like PD is still the same goofy, wacky, you know, dry humor type of guy. Gracie gets kind of focused. You're relaxed though. I like how you are. You're really relaxed. But Taylor, like he takes a little shot of something, walks on stage and he just transforms into oh, those days. Yeah. Like he, it's just, isn't it? It's just, he just transforms into something. And then, he walks off stage, give him five minutes, and he's back to being Chad Taylor. Yeah. Like the right, yeah. like I call him Chuckles. He's a sweetheart. Like he, yeah. he will drop whatever he's doing for you. And I've seen him do it with fans and ho uh, hotels, lobbies, yeah. uh, dinner, lunch. Uh, he's done it for me. So, yeah, he, he's, I, I can't say anything wrong about CT. Yeah. So you've been around like shit. I mean, uh, I believe, aren't you still, uh, well, you just did. You, you were, uh, on tour with Candlebox, yeah. So our good friend Kevin Martin. So right before the pandemic, we got home in two weeks. Yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. And then, so I mean, shit. I've seen Kevin Martin work. I've and Ed Kowalczyk work. I mean, those two lead singers, like you said, they're two of the the front men that absolutely command an audience. But even when they're in a writing session, I mean, those guys can write. Like they can command. Yeah 
the writing session and to make music. Like, you know, I always say, would say with Ed, I was like, man, like I, I remember when when the band got back together, it was in uh, like 2016, I went and knocked on his door. He was in his bedroom at the building. Yep. And I said, hey, you want to go to lunch? He goes, no, I'm writing a song. I was like, well, hurry up and shit that hit, right? And then like oh, literally no. 15, 20 minutes later, he's like, all right, I'm done. Let's go eat. And, you know, we went to the local White Rose where he liked and, and uh, we went there and I was like, and then he playing, played it and it, it was, uh, I believe it's called Signs of Life. You've heard it. They didn't uh, release it yet, but that was the first song and that they wrote when they came back and it was amazing. Yeah. So. And then you also played on um, a few of the 717 ones, right? Or you did those? I, yeah. Um Yep. I don't know yeah. what songs. Yep. You're like, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you forgot about that or no? Oh, no, I'm just, you know, hey, man. Yes. Yeah. yeah it was awesome. It was fun. It was great. It's only because, thanks to, to CG, he's like, yeah. you know, he was still recovering. He was in a cast or a sling still. And yeah. and uh, it was actually hard. Look, it, that was a moment it was hard for me to do because knowing CG is such a sweetheart of a man and and you want to – you, you kind of want to just hug the guy. Hey, what's going on? He's that kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, and I just felt bad that I had to step in and do that. But he knew that I was helping out. And, I, and, and as long as he knew, then it, I was happy with it. And it was very cool. And it was some of the best moments in my career of recording. Uh, I mean, fuck, man. I got to record songs with Live. Yeah. One of my favorite bands. And, you know, it was, a, it was awesome. It was fun. And we did it at Dave Grohl Studio. And, and having those guys come in and check it out is wicked. It was really cool. Oh, that's right. You did some of it out in California, right? Yeah. 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 Who, who engineered yeah. who engineered and worked with you on that one out there? I'm sorry? Uh who engineered and like worked with you with that one out there? Oh, that was, like, uh, drum tracks. They Lou, were so good. My buddy Lou, who engineers with Grohl, Foo Fighters. Okay, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he works with uh Butch Vig and all that. He's Dave Grohl's personal engineer. And we actually did that, uh we did it on the uh the Sound City board. That never mind. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of my some of my early albums back in the night, like early nineties too. I used to record at Sound City when I was a kid. Oh, so really? it was cool That's to awesome, that, yeah. that board again. Yeah. Well, you brought up kid. Interesting segue. So how did uh Robin Diaz decide, hey, I want to be a drummer and play all over the world? Like what what got you into music? And because, you know, I I know a lot of musicians, obviously, and uh, you know, I'd put you up there with all of them as far as saying a student of the game, like you really know your shit and, and like you're scientific at it, you know, and, and uh, you really understand the lineage and history of, of what you are in. So, you know, what, what made little Robin want to be like, you know, Hey, you know, mom, dad, I want to play drums. Music. My family is a very musical, um, family like we weekends my dad would be up at like six in the morning blasting the radio um you know from the stones to michael jackson to the commodores to the beatles to led zeppelin um and uh i saw when i was four years old i saw the back of the kiss album kiss alive 2 and on the wow. back of it it's all for their faces and they're all like during the show i think that photo was taken at the uh, um, uh, Anaheim, um, uh, Anaheim, when they did like three nights for Kiss Alive 2, the Love Gun tour. And uh, I saw that and I was possessed. And I just started learning every 
Solomon that album, which led me to buy other Kiss albums and yeah, just started playing drums, started with that. And then it became other bands, you know, hence Sabbath, Zeppelin, you know, playing all the Chuck Mangione jazz stuff to the Michael really? Jackson stuff. And I just love music and, and I play guitar. I don't know if people know that, but I, I love playing guitar and writing just as much as playing drums. Um, I think for me, because I'm totally ADHD, um, crazy, hyper that yeah, I need to have many outlets and, and not just drumming, but playing guitar is one of them. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. So did your mom or dad buy you your first drum kit or no, my grandfather did because he got tired of me, uh, beating and on everything and from pots and pants, to the couch. Um, and, uh, I was four years old, five years old when I first got my drum kit and it was from Toys R Us and, I kept breaking it and, and you broke it probably I yeah. buy one. I break that kit. My mom would buy one. And then everybody in the family kept buying me those drum kits until I got about maybe nine. Then I got a real drum kit pieced together though, mind you from people in the neighborhood, but it was a real drum kit. The and Franken it was a kit, kit I learned everything on and it was amazing. So, I mean, that was my escape, my freedom. So, was your, was playing, was a, you know, thanks to my family, being a musical family, being hippies, nice. uh, that was it. It was a Franken kit. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, sp speaking of, so, um, you know, because obviously, you know, people like Dan, they're like uh, gear geeks, or gurus. What, like, you know, what, what's, what composes your current kit now? I know, I think you have like, uh, what, DW, and, and I think you got Gracie a deal with them as well because he left Pearl. And then uh, so tell, us, tell us what comprises a Robin Diaz drum kit. Um, well, I, I play DW. I'm endorsed by DW, but I use their hardware and pedals. Yeah. I, I endorse pork pie percussion. I've been using their drums for probably since like 96. Um, it's a local company here from West um, uh, Los Angeles. Can't even think from where right now. You got me on this, but go. it's town. Anyways, uh, but I got into it because of uh, Brad Wilk from Rage Against the Machine, but I think 96 during bulls and parade wow. uh i had a premiere kit and in my rehearsal room it would be rage against the machine 311 kiss is in the back room danzig um stp when scott was in the band and and i was in local bands playing with everybody so that's how everyone got to know who i was like oh this little kid played drums with everybody going from room to room and uh, i would go play brad's kit and it was a pork pie kit and uh i just yeah so I met the guy, Bill Dedamore, and uh, Brad is, was one of those guys. So it was a really, it was a, it was a, that was that, how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have, um, is yours an acrylic kit or is it wood? No, it's wood. I have, I have okay. like 12 kits, but I have yeah, uh, an acrylic <laughs> kit. It's a clear kit. And I have uh, a couple of sparkle kits, a gold kit, a champagne color kit. And I have like, 10 different wood kits that bill will just make different colors for me in wood mm -hmm. and go, I got you a kit Diaz. It's wicked. So I don't know. I just have different kits. The kit I'm using now in my studio, in my house is a kit I recorded with Billy Corrigan. It's a white pearlized maple kit. It's awesome. Okay. It's a good kit. Yeah. Yeah. You did also, you mentioned Billy Corrigan. You did actually go and play with, uh, with the uh, smashing pumpkins as well. Right. I, I wasn't the pumpkins. It was uh, and and that whole thing got misconstrued in the tabloids. Um, I just got brought down there to record an album for Billy Corgan and it wasn't 
a pumpkin album. Um, though I wanted to believe it was because I, I was yeah. such a huge fan, but um, no, I just uh, I think Brad. I, yeah, I, mean, I that, came in after Brad Wilk. That is the next best thing, though. I mean, so I mean, Billy Corgan does have some great you know solo projects and music. Oh, so God, yeah, and 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 look, man, um, a, a genius as well. He's one yeah. of those guys up there with Ed and, and Cornell and and. And Kevin it can just write. Kurt and, Cobain. Um, yeah. yeah, he's a different character than all of us. Yeah. Sometimes he's on a different planet, but your job is not there to be friends. People like this, you're not there to become friends with. Um, yeah. You're there to do a job. And that's when you have to learn to know the difference between business and friendship. Um, and for me, that took, which is why I'm not in the band, which is why I departed early from that situation because yeah. I was a fan. Um, so yeah, that was just I went there to record, and I got out of town. Well, you also mentioned Chris Cornell, and I know you worked with him as well, right? Yes, that was uh, a beautiful moment in time. Uh, I got I was very lucky. Uh, I got to record one of his last big songs that actually sold about two million uh, copies. Which um, one was that? People don't know this. The song was called Light On. Uh, we did well, that at Henson A and M, but he gave that song before we did a whole. We tracked everything, mixed it, Jimmy Iovine. Okayed it. It's when he was on Interscope. I think this was 2007 or 8. But he gave the song to um, Chris, the dude from American Idol. Not Daughtry, Daugh Chris. Oh, not. Not Daughtry. Chris something. Well, you worked with Daughtry too. Yeah. Huh? You worked with Daughtry too. Yeah, I was. But this, this, but yeah, this song Chris. we did with Cornell was like, Chris was like, oh my God, this is my next Black Hole Sun part two. Um, and I and there's only like five people in the world that have this song, and I'm one of them. Vicky's one, Peter Paterno, uh, you know, whoever else. But in the producer, but that song was very special. I remember. So he gave it to a guy from American Idol. That guy recorded it, and it sold, it sold two, million two million copies. And then it just sold two million. And I was so upset because we were making Chris's album a, a comeback rock record, but then he met Timberland, and he switched his whole format, and it stopped. I think he just wanted wow. to try different, different things. Yeah. Yeah. Different things. So when I heard that he gave that song to that guy and I heard it on the radio, I was like, what the hell? Dan, like, can you pull that up? I'm trying to, so is this Chris Allen? Does that name sound right? No, no, yeah. no, not Chris Allen. What? David, no, David something, David, David something. Okay. Chris Allen. Well, what, what's the name of the song? It's called light on. It's, it's on there. Well, um, just, just Google the and song. I actually posted a little video of it on Instagram and I got in, I, Vicky, reached out to me and said, you need to take that down. And I did. <laughs> wow. They so, told you to take it down. Why? Um, because it's not, no one has, it's not out yet because they, they're, uh, there's stuff, there's things happening right now that I can't speak about. That does is, he get, does, yeah. does, well, Cornell gets writing credits for that, right? Of course he did. Of yeah, course yeah, he did. Cause he's um, the one that wrote Dave, it. What's his name? Dan, David, uh, David Cook. Does that seem right? David Cook. David Cook. Yep. Yeah. He, David Cook. I see you looking up. Yeah. So David uh, Cook, was, David Cook, sung the song that Chris Cornell wrote, and you played the drums on. Yeah. So he was singing yes. to your track. Oh yeah, yeah. They didn't do anything oh. different to it. Oh okay. Yeah. Um, Shit. And um, it was just it was, bottom line. It, it is coming out. There's things being done right now, and I pray to God it comes out because it's not for me. But you got to hear Chris's conviction interpretation and, well and, it wouldn't even be his interpretation it's his song no i know it would be so cook's it interpretation when, you, when yeah. people hear it people are gonna freak out 
That's all. Yeah. I mean, I started a media storm with that with, from all his fans, and, and I've never had anything like that happen to me personally. People are like, how'd you get this? What's going on? And I'm like, whoa. And so thank God Vicky called up and goes, take it down, please, and I'll explain to you why. And I did, and I'm glad I did. It was, it was a fucking nightmare. I ain't gonna lie. Who would you say is the most eccentric person that you worked with or banned? Like, what was the, the well, I mean, because obviously I'm looking at your list and it's a, I mean, you have over 100 top backs from, you know, obviously live, Candlebox, Daughtry, Three Doors Down, uh, Britney Spears. Yeah. I mean, you know, Courtney Love, you know, shit. I mean, Kelly Clarkson, like, you, I mean, what, what, what was it like working with Britney Spears? <laughs> um, well, here's the thing is, all right, so once again, being a, a drummer, session drummer is, uh, Britney Spears and Kelly Clarkson, those were two songs brought to, to, uh, to my attention from my friend Toby Gad. Toby Gad, who produced Fergie, uh, um, John, um, All of Me, you know, yeah. piano guy. John Legend, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> John <Piano> Legend. Guy. <laughs> piano guy, you know, that guy. Yeah, John Legend. That's uh, funny. Elton John. No kidding. Um, yeah. I, I, and I, sorry, John Legend, which that song is beautiful. So, uh, Toby Gab, he just produces and writes for all these huge art, artists and acts. So he called me in to record um, a couple of British songs and, and uh, Kelly Clarkson's song. And it was amazing. And, and both those, and the songs both went on those albums. And it was just cool. And no, I, I don't need a lot of these artists, Bill. And that's the thing you understand is I'll go into a session for a big artist and it's just the producer and sometimes just the guitarist that is writing the song because those guys don't come out. Yeah, to the they don't come out. Yeah, they're gonna sing. Um, so that's how those both experiences were. And do I know Kelly? Uh, we rubbed elbows a couple times and, and hung out in the same arenas because we've done shows with Daughtry. Yeah. And when I was with Daughtry, she came up and sang with us at Bridgestone Arena in, in Nashville, and that was that was an amazing, awesome time. But uh, yeah, I, I don't get to meet all of these people, but yeah. I'm all right with that. Well, the one, the ones drums. The ones you go on tour with, obviously you meet them. They're, yeah. You know, and then, oh uh, yeah, yeah. So and, uh, back to your question, the most yeah. eccentric, craziest person will be Peter Murphy from Bauhaus, and then Courtney Love. Yeah, Courtney Love must have been out there, right? Yes, but but hey, man, look what she's got to deal with. She's she oh, every yeah. day has to deal with and wake up with herself going, "Fuck, I was married to Kurt Cobain, one of the biggest songwriters and, in the world, with the biggest band in the world." I mean, so that is a heavy burden to carry. Um, and, and no, I'm not going to speculate on what happened. It's all over the tabloids. But hey, man, trust me, she has her demons because of that. And, and, and thank God she has Francis to kind of be her barometer yeah. um, to know that, fuck, I have to wake up every day and take care of this child. Um, because I'll tell you right now, I, I love Francis. And, and because of this um, in, uh, endeavor playing with, Courtney and I became friends with Francis and, and that whole side. Um, and it's, I mean, she's, she's a, a spectacular girl, a yeah. smart girl. And damn, man, looks like Kurt. It's insane. Yeah. And she's beautiful. So, you know, beautiful. it's uh, we, well, obviously when we go, when we go to California and we all stay, well, when we go to West LA, or, I mean, West LA, West Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood or LA, we, you know, the band, me, whatever, uh, you know, their manager introduced them a long time ago to this little hotel called the sunset marquee. So, you know, ah. that's where we all stay, as you know. 
and uh, you don't need to stay there because you, you know you live around there. But you yeah. know, I've stayed there many times. Though. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you have. Yeah, and that, the bar 1200 we used to be called the Whiskey Bar, very famous. Like Axl Rose, Slash stayed there. So you name the people they did. Green Day got kicked out for throwing televisions in the pool at people. And anyway, the security, the the it, it, they have a book if the walls could talk, right? Yeah. Well. The staff there, I'm not going to name who, but there's you, we know a lot of the mutual staff, but uh, the one uh, one guy lived across the street, and um, the day that Courtney Love was actually staying there when she found out uh, Kurt Cobain was killed. I well, did not. Well, when he killed himself, I should say, yeah. So she went. You know when you go down the lot, you pass through the lobby, and then there's stairs that go down the to studio. where, well, to the studio or to the parking garage, the ATM. You yep. know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, that stairway, and then they have like they have shit of Pat Benatar photo. They have all those photos. Well, on the opposite wall, there was no photos. She took out her lipstick and started writing lyrics. I or, or words. This is yeah. back in like 94 when she got the news, you're saying? Or? The day she got yeah. the news. She was staying at the Sunset Marquee. And the guy, okay, the guy ran across the street quickly to go get a camera. And he did take a photo of it, but he says he would never give that photo to anyone ever. Like she was hysterically, you know, she was probably fucked up on something too. Like, I don't know, if, if your spouse, if you get a call that your spouse just, killed themselves and you know i think at that point it's okay to get as fucked up as you want you know so she was just scribbling with lipstick in red lipstick just on the thing so that was a story that like you know and and there's i I would say from the staff and the people there like when they're you know they get to know you and stuff they'll tell you that stuff but that story was probably one of the most powerful stories that I've heard from there, along with the Green Day story, and then uh, oh, the Rod Stewart one, where they unofficial. The Rod Stewart one, well, he had a he didn't tell the hotel, right? And they planned his the one video. It's at the Sunset Marquee. Um, Tonight I'm yours. Oh, Literally, he had he hired stripper. He uh, like bought most of the rooms out, hired strippers and just other people. Put them in the balconies of the main part of the hotel, and go on YouTube one day and watch the 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 Rod Stewart song "Tonight I'm Yours." They're like naked. Obviously, they're blacked out. They're naked. They're throwing shit from the balconies into the pool. The, uh, a police helicopter came, like they That's... and they kicked them out of the yeah. So he like he it was it was like a. The official Tonight I'm Yours video at the Sunset Marquee by Rod Stewart. And it was like he, him and his people planned it without, um, you know, uh, telling the Sunset Marquee. And they were like flipped out on him. So, but that, that place is awesome. Wow. That's, that's a, that's a legend I would love to play with. Like I grew up listening to Rod Stewart. Like I love Rod Stewart. Amazing. Well, his daughter always she she records. She's a musician too. She records in the studio down there as well. I didn't know. I didn't know she was a musician. I thought she. I know she. She had a child with Benicio del Toro. I know that. Yeah. She's a model. Well, yeah. She she does something with music, but she hangs out there. So I know I met her, dude. Bill, you know them all, man. Yeah. Well, Bill's in L.A. You can catch him at the Marquee, baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pounding shots of the finest 
Iced tea. Water. <laughs> That's right. But I will say, I I I commemorate you for just being sober, and I know you uh, sober. I've never was never sober. <laughs> You're yeah. always sober, is what you're saying. You never drink. Yeah. I think that's yeah. amazing, dude. Here's to you. Never, yeah. Never had alcohol in my stomach. God bless you, dude, for that. Yeah. Seriously. I took I took a sip of beer once, and everyone's like, well, because it was Coors Light. They said, that's your problem. Like, why did you drink Coors Light? I'm like, uh, I, was, I was in the Army. I was 18. Some dude named – actually, I know the person. His name was Edward Zelotti, right? Z-L-O-T-Y. He was actually, he became a Secaucus, uh, New Jersey police officer, right? And uh, he was in the army with me. Funny, funny, funny guy. And uh, he's like, here, Heinz, try this. You know, he had that accent. And I was like, try it. I spit it out. I'm like, I don't know what piss tastes like, but that's probably it. He says a Coors Light. Coors Light, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. It's pretty warm, too. <laughs> warm Coors Light, yeah. Some of the guys in Counterbox love Coors Light. I'm like, how the fuck do you drink Coors Light? Yeah, well, Matt Gracie, they call it working water. They're like, you can drink 12 of these night. That's why uh, Sean Williams, the singer for my band, same thing. Like that whole, like they all run the same oh, circle. Oh, he knows and hang Sean out. Will. Oh, yeah, you know Sean Williams? Yeah, Sean Williams is the guy. He's friends with the guys in the band live. Yeah, he used to them. like do uh, drum and bass teching for them a few years back, like before they went on their hiatus after losing Ed and all that. Yeah. Wait a minute. Dan. Yes. Okay, hang on. There's a band, two bands I recorded with from my house, but they did everything at the studio there. You're not, no, because never mind. You're a drummer. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's with, um, uh, I mean, that um, band's volume to nothing. If, yeah. But, that's Dan, Sean Will's but band. Dan, Dan also worked in the studio mm-hmm. and helped I mean, that's out. That's how me and Robert met. Yeah. 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 We met there. Yeah, we were working on Giver and, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Another be a, song. Be yeah. a giver. It's be a giver. That was fun. That was fun, dude. That was yeah. fun. Dude, that drum room right there where Bill is at, that is like my favorite room. And I've been into like every damn room. There's something special about that room. The, do you like the B room or the A room more? Because we're in the B right now. We're I know we're B. hanging on the A room when I met you. Well, They I, look similar in the background there, but... <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, it was what I, I recorded in both rooms. The one. Okay. The one with the all the windows, or the one with just the one windows. No, not the the main one is with all the windows. Yes. Yeah. yeah not that one. And I think other. I met you in this in this room. Might have been both. I, I mean, <laughs> I feel like yeah, well whatever, But anyways, anyways, it's a great drum room. But the bands were um, those two guys that, that worked there. The producer guys. That Carson, were in that and Carson, Carson and Grant. And Grant yeah. Carson and Grant. Carson and Grant. Carson and Grant. Yeah. Yep. They're Galactic uh, they, I think they Produced the bands there, but I, they took the like drum tracks from my studio. Yeah. And Put them over to the, the other one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I also noticed you worked with a band called Rev Theory. It's actually funny. Um, they, yeah, I, awesome. I, uh, a friend of mine and from Philly knows them, and I remember he gave me one of their live albums. They were live at the Gibson Lounge. And what a fucking amazing album from that band. And this was years ago. And they did a cover of Hunger Strike. Yes. And it was at the live at the Gibson Lounge. So um, the lead singer and then their guitarist did that. What a fucking great cover. Like, they did it justice, man. Monster band. And, like, um, people know about them, but, yeah. Killer band. And uh, I remember that album I did was the first album I had – Hell yeah, on it that was on. Hell yeah, yeah. NFL on every. You heard that in every stadium. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was the other song? 
another both the singles on the album and that was a fun time we did that album in vancouver and the coolest guys ever oh so you played on that album yeah i did that album so you did hell yeah and did you yeah. tour with them at all or did you just do studio stuff uh, i didn't tour with them i just recorded their album okay because it was probably around when that album came out i saw them. i think they're opening for uh avenge sevenfold or something back then yeah they toured um, with everybody they were like they they were on interscope um my mm-hmm. buddy signed yeah, brian house through his subsidiary on interscope um yeah, that was uh, Rep Theory. I did that in Vancouver. We did cool. rehearsals. So you didn't go on, on like, um, you, di- you didn't go with them on um, to the live at the Gibson Lounge. You weren't. No, I didn't, I didn't record with them. I didn't do any live shows with them. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, they got Hell Yeah, Light It Up, Far From Over. Uh, yep. 10 years, that whole lot. The Ten first years, album. Yeah, you're the one falling. Oh, Far From Over is really good. That's awesome. That's fun. Did that yeah. out in his vo- Richie's voice. Yeah. Oh my God! Amazing. But I really I mean, did like the uh, the hunger the uh, hunger strike um, version. You know? I got to hear that. I yeah. got to hear that now. That's it's good. It's if you go on like obviously Apple iTunes, just say live at the Gibson Lounge. So they yeah. they did that. You know, I think a lot of bands have done that. They have the like they do the kind of acoustic down the streets in Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty fucking awesome, man. So that's no, dude. I mean. I got I do got to hear that because I'm, I'm a, I dig those guys and I like yeah. what they do and and they're still doing it, so it's good. So, Robin, let's backtrack a little. So obviously, you mentioned it earlier. Right after you you were on tour with Candlebox, and they they had plans to go out more because one thing about Kevin Martin that fucker likes to work. You know he don't he don't like to sit down like he don't like vacations. He his vacation oh. to him is being on stage. So, what have yeah. you been doing? to keep yourself busy or to like, and how does someone like you, who's always like, like you're like, obviously you like going on tour, but you also, unlike other drummers, like, you know, shit, we tell Chad Gracie all the time. Why don't you go work in a studio and do that stuff? And like some drummers don't want to do that, you know, and you, you work, you, yeah, but you, I mean, shit, you don't care if you're drumming on in front of 50,000 people or drumming by yourself with just a producer in a room all alone. Like I I've seen, I've called you before and you're like, I'm like, what are you doing? And you're like, Oh, Hey man, I'm just, I'm practicing. I'm like, what? Or I'm laying down a track for someone. It's just you and a producer. Like you're always working. So what has COVID done to you? And like, how, how are you and your brothers and sisters in the music industry? It's like, we, we touched on it with Gracie like shit it's it's decimating the touring music industry and even just you know the the whole content creation of music it's uh hey man all i'm gonna say is i don't i don't think of negation um i don't get up and think about what's gonna happen today oh my god what was me or uh i think i i get up and go wow today's a great day um I'm going to benefit today. I'm going to get in there and play drums today. I get to play drums. I'm going to write a song. I'm going to talk to friends of mine that are in the industry. Uh, I keep myself positive I, because, look, man, I can get inside my head and I can become a fucking hermit and I can go down this downward spiral into the unknown abyss and never come out. Um, thanks to my wife, which I have a loving wife. She, you know, helped me cope with that. But more than, more than anything, man, it's like I, I never thought that, Bill. Um, I think as myself as like, hey, I'm an awesome drummer. I'm a cool hang. Um, and and I, I think I'm a nice guy. And all that, and I mean this, I'm not trying to like turn this around on me, but 
that's how I live my day every day. And I want to play drums and I get to go play drums. And then that's what I do. Uh, whether if it's for a, a free demo for an artist that's like, that reaches out to me, goes, Robin, I, I love your drumming. I have no money right now. Obviously, here's what's going on. Man, but my creativity, my escape is writing music. Can you help me out? And Bill, I do that. And I do that maybe most of the time now. Yes, oh, I, know, yeah. I make money in my studio. During this COVID, I built a studio in my basement. Uh, Gracie's, is, Gracie's been there. Ed's been there. Um, I have a real studio and I spent over 30, now 30 grand in there. I got a concrete room, cedar. I got Pro Tools. I got expensive fucking mics that CT helped me organize. And I hire my buddy from Sunset Sound to engineer. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning this now. So I actually have everything to make a real record. So that's what I do every day. And Dan, I get calls Dan, for Dan records wants that want to pay. And I get calls for people that don't want to do it, but I feel the passion. I know the love in their heart for it. And that's what I do. So if I'm not, if I'm not practicing drums, I'm recording drums or I'm writing. Nice. So for me, I can't, I, I don't understand um, being a musician and getting to your own fucking head and going, fuck, what was me? I just don't understand that. Yeah. I don't understand that. During this pandemic, I lost my dad. Um, I lost other family members. Um, I lost animals that are close to me because my wife and I have no kids, nor do we want kids. I love kids, but don't want them. So, I, you know, get the fuck up and, and make shit happen. I'm sorry. That's just, yeah. I, I mean, because right now, man, world is, world is a fucked up place, especially what's going on. And I hate to um, prophesize that in the internet, but I don't know. Just be happy. Love one another. You got all four of your fucking limbs. You still have your dick. You have your whatever you have. Enjoy life. I was going to say, for you, it sounds like regardless of circumstance, you're going to find a way to figure it the fuck out. Oh, dude, I have to, man. It's like I got I no one else that, wiping yeah. my ass. I, I have no income. I mean, I have income coming in because of what I do, but it's like yeah. I, I don't have a fucking nest egg. I mean, I mean, look, am I well lucky and well off most other musicians? I am. I Hey, I'm 46 years old. I've been doing this recording for years. And I have, you know, I get royalties off of some records. And thank God those records are from the 90s and early 2000s. So I'm blessed with that. But that way I give back. I don't just sit on it and, 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 and I don't do that. You gotta, well, you're, you're, you're born in this life to live and to give, to help other people. If you don't well, do that... You're only going to rot inside. Yeah, well, and that's what I was going to say. you got to do it because you love people. Well, that's the thing that, too, is most people wouldn't know. But, you know, besides being a drummer in many rock bands and sessions and on tons of albums and stuff like that, which you obviously do get, you know, royalties and, and you know, publishing for, you're also you, – you were – you unlike – a lot of athletes and musicians, you were smart with your money where you've made some key investments and you, you know, invested in different businesses. And, and, uh, I don't know, maybe that's your wife who made you do that, but I'm just saying like, it's uh, but right, it's a, it's, it's yeah. a combination of the team that you and her are. And, uh, so, you know, that, that's, I mean, shit, I know you would give advice to anybody starting out anything like in, in, an athlete, actor, actress, musician, like, hey, man, you know, this this could end in a heartbeat. So you need to diversify yourself yeah. to be able to – like a lot of musicians weren't able to do what you did – weren't able to do what you did, whereas, hey, I'm going to build a studio here so I don't have to go out 
to a studio that's closed because of COVID. So I'm going to generate revenue in my home. So yeah. that, was, that was smart. And it's a tax write-off, 60% of it. Um, yep. And back to diversis, diversi, diversifying yourself, which is, you know, I remember I, uh, my wife and I have always thought about that, which, you know, A, real estate is one way you can go. And mm -hmm. uh, we bought our home. We have a place in Vancouver um, that we rent out. And yep. look, man, and not only that, it's like, you know, another divine intervention was, was playing and meeting the live guys and, 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 and whatever. You always got to diversify yourself yeah. and think ahead. I'm sorry. It's like, you always got to think ahead. And you're right. This COVID has fucked a lot of people up. And I had friends that packed it in and went home. And it's like, I, I get it. I'm never going to like, you don't know what people's hardships are or what they go through. And a lot of the times people don't want to, um, give you everything of what they don't want to tell you everything. So all you can do is just be a friend and listen, but yeah, man, you got to be smart about it. You got to be yeah. smart about it. I was going to say too, of everyone I've talked to in the music industry, it seems like it goes kind of one way or the other of either they're really like packing in, giving up or like really down right now. Or some people have just said, fuck that. I'm going to figure it the fuck out. And like some of them are in the best year they've had, at least in the recording game. Cause they just, they pivoted, they found a way to, like work remotely or get the income and all that stuff. They recreate themselves. Yeah, and the but industry. like they, they adjusted basically. Um, well, that's Robin. Robin is a. But a lot of people are just giving up. And Robin it sucks. is like you've met Robin. Like anyone mm -hmm. that hasn't met Robin, when you walk into a room and Robin's in the room, the light in the room is coming from Robin. Like mm -hmm. he just got the smile on his face, never pissed off. Whoa. Always like sometimes like fuck man, that guy's too happy. You know, it's like Robin, yeah. chill the fuck out. Like. <laughs> Well, Bill, funny story, little uh, side note, that was what, that was one of the things with Billy Corgan and I, um, people that brought me there warned me, it's called the pumpkin, you're going to be in the pumpkin vortex. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I went once again, I was, you know me, I'm happy because I am fucking happy. I have no reasons to be unhappy. Well, you're a rock star. I mean, shit, like you get, you get to play in front of 50,000, 100,000 people at times and Women are throwing their panties at you. Guys are probably throwing their panties at you. I mean, shit, it's all <laughs> happened. Uh, dude, it was, uh, yeah. But anyways, you just got, I like being yeah. happy, man. I mean. I remember, remember in Adelaide, was it Adelaide? Where you guys were, oh yeah, you guys were playing a show that I was racing at in Australia. It was Adelaide. And I, and I remember, I remember I was so pissed off. I think I had a wreck or something like that or. So the whole day was like, I was pissed off. I come out of the elevator yes. and, and it, we're at the Hilton in Adelaide, right? It's, uh, and then I, I, co I come at the Adelaide, you, PD, Ed, we're all like at a table around the bar. And you're like, Bill, what's going on? And I like, I, I look over, I, I was like, I just like wave you off and I just kept walking. I was like, I, I can't deal with happiness right now. But yeah, that was like, what the fuck is going on with Bill? Yeah, then I got like 50 text messages from everyone. Like, what, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm pissed off right now. It's kind of yeah. funny. I mean, yeah. but that's the thing is those guys are brothers. And, and the thing is, yeah. Bill, you are, you, are, you are the fifth member, per se, of, so, of the band live. So I fifth, apologize for that. Bringing the band back together. And that no. was because of, because of you. Um, oh, no, that's because of But, anyway. dude, we, we care and love. We love you, dude. You're a good fucking dude, man. You've always, look, man, I go at face value. That's yeah. how I am as a person. Um, yeah. and that can be a hindrance to me sometimes, but dude, I'm not an idiot. You're a cool fucking dude. You have three beautiful daughters that you raised. Thank you. People just worry about you, dude. That's all. Accept it. 
Yeah, I know. So I apologize for that. But, yeah, I mean, as far as live goes, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, those four guys had to get in a room and – and uh, Tell them the story. For what getting, happened? No, 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 no. We're not, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Don't no, – that's, that's like a – We'll never tell that story, but uh, that's don't do. Chad's gonna come upstairs and be like, "What the fuck?" No, um, no. So, uh, yeah, no. But at the end of the day, they had to get in a room. They had to, you know, forgive each other and apologize. And it, and I always say, you know, because sometimes like you read things where people, it's like they're pissed off they got back together, you know, or because like, hey, at the end of the day, you know, people did like some people did like when Shin was in the band, and you know, he he's a good dude. You know, um, but he knew, everyone knew, like, hey, you know, Chad told him from day one, if Ed calls and that phone rings, you know, this is his band, he's back. And Shin knew, Shin knew he was a placeholder and he was okay with that until he wasn't. But my point is, and that's okay too, because Shin is making great music now, brilliant guy, he's happy, he's married, so obviously we always wish him the best, and you know him as well. I, but, I never uh, met him. I don't know. Uh, well, you know of him. him. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but anyway, my point is that is at the end of the day, like some people say, oh, Bill helped and that, but I don't want to take any credit for that because at the end of the day, like I can, you know, you can bring a horse to water, you know, but you can't force them to drink. So at the end of the day, they all had to, you know, put down, you know, the past and just say, hey, you know, let's remember the real past. Like we met each other in grammar school and we loved yep. each other until we didn't. And that's okay. But there's something to be said about compassion and forgiveness, you yep. know? And again, I always say this, like you, when you were in grammar school or in high school or whatever, how many times people say things they don't mean? Of course. Man. And, and yes. I'm guilty, I'm guilty of that. I mean, I've said some things, you know, that I shouldn't have said to people and, yeah. and, uh, I, shit i have one phrase in particular that i said i'm not going to say it to somebody and you know i i know i shouldn't have said that and i didn't mean it and uh you know that uh, that'll like haunt me for the rest of my life so you have to be very careful with your words and your actions you know you change and, that and, if you just reach out to that person and apologize and explain what happened yeah, no, well, I just did. I came out the elevator. I said, sorry to you. I'm just kidding. That wasn't the answer. <laughs> yeah. No, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, in, in every season there's a time for that. But, you know, like my point is, like, so people's actions and their words are very – you have to be very careful with them. So I, I know when, you know, like the band split up, Ed and the guys – you know, I'm the first one defending the guys, like, you know, because I know Chad, Chad, and Pat. They're my boys. And I'm like, oh, fuck Ed or this and that. And, like, I regret that because, you know, I was saying it from a place of meeting Ed, like, at shows and different things, not in a personal capacity. Like, I only hung with him when I went to live shows in the first iteration, I call it. But I didn't really, like, you know, and he was kind of like, he didn't know me. He just knows, oh, that's one of the guy's friends, like. Fuck yeah. it. I'm going to be in my dressing room and chill and didn't really like, you know, get to know him until he came back. And then I'm like, fuck, he's one of the hardest working, nicest guys you'll ever meet. And I always appreciate people that have that intensity to work like you and Ed and Kevin Martin. That's why I get along with all you guys, because you have that same work ethic. And it doesn't matter that, hey, you're working on music or whatever you're working on or maybe a real estate deal you're working on. It just matters that you're in that you know, fight and, and wow. you wake up every day and you're not like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm just going to be lazy today. 
No, those are good days to have. I mean, but you know what? Yeah. I can't do that very long. I'll, I'll sit and watch TV and like, all right, that's enough. I gotta, I, I gotta do something. Right? Just get some cabin fever easy. Yeah. My day. I, I don't like sitting around, just not doing anything. I don't feel productive. Man. I feel like a lazy bum. And I, I can't that, go yeah. that way. Well, Dan wants to come out and see your in-home studio. Come on, right. dude. Yeah. He wants the personal tour. <laughs> I was wondering, because we talked, it's probably back like 2018 at this point, but I remember Chad actually tasked me with helping you pick out some of those microphones. I don't know if any of those end up making the cutter. That's what kind of played into that, not? Thank yeah. you. So I got the Coles, got the 414s. Do you have a Newman? Uh, yeah. Do you have a Newman? So, I don't know. I just, I heard that from uh, Aerosmith. Neumann? Neumann, yeah. Neumann, yeah. The Neumann. Oh, those are amazing. Yeah. They're great microphones. Yeah, Stephen Tyler was like, hey, hey, Howard, if you put it close to your chest, you'll hear the blood gush. It's like, yeah. okay. Did you ever see the Howard Stern, Stephen Tyler interview? Like, no, I need to. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. BT just sent me one two days ago about how uh, he was interviewing Roger Daltrey from The Who, and it was about Keith Moon, this little um, snippet about Keith Moon. And CT's like, you got to watch it. This is totally, he's talking about you. And, uh, Minus the, because as the guys know, I don't, I've never done drugs in my life. I don't do drugs. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I enjoy drinking like the next guy, but the episode, the part I was looking at, they were talking about how Keith Moon was like taking animal tranquilizers and, oh, and yeah. drinking. And, and I'm like, wait a minute. And I said, I go, T, CT, I go, I appreciate that, but I was never a drug addict. Uh, I didn't throw TVs out the window. Yeah. I love drumming and I love drinking and have a good time. Hmm. Question mark. <laughs> that's funny well sex is a drug and i'm sure you do plenty of that so i do at home <laughs> i know you do yeah hey the uh it's funny thing you said roger daltrey so he was actually at a race one year at the long beach grand prix and mario andretti got to drive him around the track he was like the grand marshal in long yeah. beach yeah like in 2014 ish or something and i swear chad went up to him he's like hi i'm chad taylor uh, I'm in a band called Live, and he tries to, and Keith, he's like, I know what Live is, you know? And then fucking, I know Chad was like, and we were all like, oh shit. Yeah. Roger Daltrey knows Live. Like, we were all like tripping out at that. And he's like, yeah. yeah. He's like, I really admire your band's work. And they sat down and they had lunch together at the Andretti tent. There's like a, you know, the hospitality tent at the thing. So that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I heard Australia got hit bad. Like, Australia strict over there. Yeah, but they don't have many cases. Like, I mean, in the one we were talking about, we just, that uh, with Paul, Paul Morris, Morris we were talking. I think it's their one state, Victoria, has like twenty thousand yeah, like out of twenty-seven thousand. So Mel that area, the is Melbourne bad. area, the Melbourne yeah. area. Yeah. Other than that, it's everything phenomenal. else like had like four hundred cases. But for that, they like shut it down. Yeah. Like I'm yeah, talking like down. not yeah. coming in, not coming out. Need special waivers. Need to be like if you get there, you have to quarantine in a approved hotel of the state of the country. Yeah. For two weeks and let yeah. me tell you they're not at the hotel level that you and i like to enjoy they don't have 24-hour <laughs> room service <laughs> and they bring they call they come visit you every day and they bring you your meal and you have to give them you have to pay for the three meals a day that you have to pay for yeah it's crazy look i'm ah. on the two meal i'm gonna fast anyway <laughs> yeah i was gonna say is that still countrywide or is that really just the melbourne victoria area i don't, I don't know knows. Yeah, no, Western Australia was like that too. Okay. So I mean, I th it's all opened up except for that state though, right? Yeah, is my understanding? So. Or mm. opened up a bit at least. I don't it's not know. as bad. How's California doing? Like LA, West the... Um, I mean, it's good. Actually, it's good. It's tamed. Um, 
every morning I watch the stats and what's going on. It's actually really good. Um, they're okay. You can't go to you, you only can eat outside six feet apart, so the tables are very limited. Um, you have to wear your mask. Mand mandate it's manda uh, mandatory to wear your mask, which I'm glad because a lot of fucking idiots are not wearing your mask and it's stupid. Um, you I mean, what, really, what threw us off? Our, uh, you got to be glad our co-host ain't here. She'd be going off on yeah. you right now. <laughs> So, well, I'm sorry about that, but it's like, I'm sorry. It's like, just we need to apologize. And, and I want to continue to work. I want to tour. Yeah. I mean, until we tame this, we're not going to tour. So well, uh, my point is, my point is, if you go into a bar or restaurant, you wear, you know, uh, you wear an underwear, you're wearing, you know, short shoes, hat. Um, if you have a hat on and it's a nice restaurant, they ask you to take the hat off. You ne Unless you're me, you don't necessarily say make me take it off or something you take it off you respect the rules so to me it's all about respecting the other person so being around someone is sick i mean it doesn't hurt you to wear a mask that's what know? i was gonna say for me like just me personally why if, do we keep getting back on this fucking mask topic well, let me ask you this let me ask you this though let me ask you this guy a serious question okay. why then if why don't you want to wear the mask then if it's to save and to be courteous to other people Answer me that. Do you have a I point mean, I, I mean, I do. You just have to stick up your ass, or you just what? What is it? I mean, I, I'm on your side with this. Like I was gonna say that for me, if the experts are wrong, worst thing that happens is I wore a piece of cloth, piece of cloth on my face. If they're right, maybe I help save some lives. That's how I view it. For the people that are against them, I think it has to do with um, they see it more as an infringement of being told what to do with their body. Which I mean, you can make arguments either way. I'm just I'm trying to represent the side I don't necessarily align myself with. So yeah. take with a grain of salt. But it seems mostly be like they think it's a slippery slope to, oh, you wear a mask and you're going to become more complacent and you're going to do, they're like testing our complacency or willingness to do what we're told. Yeah, some people I think think it's like, like what you were saying, oh, they're going to get us, what's next? They're going to make us yeah. wear a mask. It's like taking our rights away, taking this away. So it's like we're being conditioned and shit That's like the that. argument. Yeah, yeah, that's the other argument there. People say, Hey, it's just like having the flu. It's the flu. Oh my God. It's like Jim Jones all over again. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's not well, like the flu. <laughs> I, I I know people, listen, I've known people I even grew up with that had parents that got this and died. And they're like, well, they were old. Well, yeah, okay, great. They were old, but if they didn't get COVID, they, they could have been here be for a few more years, hopefully. Dead. Yeah. One of my <laughs> friends, it's, both it's, his parents. You get it while you're young. It's not going to affect you as much. You'll shake it off, but. The point is, you spread it to other people. Mm -hmm. It's a virus. It is a virus. And I'm yeah. not political. I'm a musician. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a virus. And you have to contain it. Yeah, it has to be contained. I think, I think, I always say, like I said, you know, despite in the beginning, Trump wanted to shut everything down, but then the Democrats were like, no, no, no. So he kind of caved to them. At that point is when he should have been a dickhead. And just shut everything down. I agree with you. Because remember, I, Pelosi was out in San Francisco. I'm like, no, we're fine. Like, and then originally when he wanted to, and again, I'm come from an independent state. I remember when she did that, and then Trump was like, I'm going to do it. And then they basically said, oh, look, he's. I forget what they called him, but at that point, he should have just been like, no, because I really believe, like at that point, the administration should have done a better. I think the Trump administration did a horrible job with COVID. Uh, absolute horrible job okay yes. and you can't like my point is like they want to blame pelosi they want to blame anyone on the democrat side but you know what it's not up to her doesn't matter what she's saying doesn't matter what she's doing if she's out there naked 
spitting on people. Who cares? Like, it's up to the Trump administration who's getting all the data to say, shut it down, and I'll take the repercussions if people think it was premature. Because Australia did it. New Zealand did it. Those countries shut it the fuck down right away. And they didn't have what we had. Like, how does the U.S. have more cases than the fucking country that started it? That has billions of people. Figure that one out. So it's one word, but we want to say it. But you're right. And hey, now look at Europe and look at Italy, France. It's terrible now because it's coming back. You're like, oh, see, it's it's cleared up. See what they did? I think they're going to be another wave. So it's bought them in the ass again. That's looking like him. What do you guys think? I mean, we're definitely getting another wave over in Europe. It may be here as well. Um, I mean, my perspective on it, I'm no expert. You know, that take it for what you will. It just seems like we had our foot half in, half out with yeah. shutting down. Oh, yeah. And we half-assed it, which is really just prolonging the whole thing yeah. anyway. Where if we, we just kind of buckled down and shut I, down I to begin with. Yeah. Like, we well, if on... we shut down more, like, we, we shut down, but not as extreme as, like, Australia no. or New no, Zealand No, they needed did. to lock down. From, if they locked yeah. down from January to March, I don't think we'd be in this place right now. But Probably like, not. To me, it's funny because I sit around, like, I, like, I'm hearing new, like, yesterday, someone I heard got COVID. I'm like, fucking, you went, you went since January without getting COVID, and now you got COVID? Like, yeah. you're a fucking idiot. Like, I mean, the numbers are going up in several states Yeah, now. it's like people getting it now. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know? Well, the thing is, because of, of California is a, is a, a Democrat state. Um, really? We didn't know. <laughs> people wear their masks. They believe in it. And the, it's mainly entertainment people from, yeah. you, know, inter, you know, acting musicians and then, you know, so everyone is like, wear your fucking mask. And people are calling people out, people out in LA where I live. And it's great because you have people, it's mainly tourism and people yeah. visiting from other states and other countries. They're not wearing their fucking mask. But when you go back to your country or your state, it's fucking, it's a, it's a, it's a pandemic. Yeah. Is there any mean? travel restrictions there with California? Since it is such a big tourist area too. Oh my God, dude. It's, it's all European people right now. It's crazy. Okay. And it's bad there, so bring it back. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And dude, and 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 yes, because of the, the marches we had, and I agree we had to have these marches, um, that imploded. That's a whole other top topic yeah. for Los Angeles. Yeah, we don't want to get into that part. <laughs> We're trying to like the we already went in somewhere where I didn't want to go. I really don't want to cover mask topics and I know, political I know. shit. I will say I this. Care. I'm gonna I'm off that topic. Yeah. I miss Think Loud Studios. I yeah. miss CT, uh, seeing him at the studio. I miss seeing you at the studio, getting in those rooms, playing, drinking at the bar, going yeah. to the White Rose, everything about you know New York I miss. And I miss, I just miss seeing those guys, all those guys. And I mean, I talk to Ed all the time. And, yeah, me too. Know, Ed and I always bullshit. Yeah, I, love, I get texts from Ed's all the time. He makes me laugh my ass off. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and everyone misses you too, obviously. So you'll have to come back when things open up. I mean, it's uh, definitely miss having you around. And uh, who knows? Maybe there'll be some shows where we have the dueling drummers again. <laughs> no, I Chad's ready. He's back. <laughs> no, I know. I was just joking. Maybe Candlebox will incorporate that or maybe, Foo Fighters. Maybe, maybe we'll do some shows. You might, you might get a call from Dave Grohl and be like, "Hey, remember what you did with Live." You know, like he, he just like that morning at the elevator. Uh, I think it was uh, Voodoo Fest in New Orleans because we all went out that night before got hammered. But after the show or that morning, we're all going to we're leaving the hotel. He goes, I open the door. He's in the elevator. He's like, fuck, dude. 
I've never seen a drummer like that. It's like, dude, what the fuck? You're insane. I'm like, oh, what? And I'm freaking out because I love Grohl. And then I see Taylor in the lobby. Taylor was like, dude, I got to talk to you. I'm like, oh, this is nice. It's very, yeah. very warming and welcoming. So it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was it was great to see that. So what's what do you have up next? And then uh, we'll let you go because I know you. Got, I'm recording. Um, I got uh, geez. Um, I recorded with a band from LA right now uh, called the Hots. They're like a new ACDC. Uh, they're actually supposed to go out with uh, Rose Tattoo. They're from they're from Australia, but they've been here for like you know six years. Nice. Um, recorded. Um, oh God, an indie artist from uh, Vancouver. A country artist from Vancouver as well, and a pop chick that's just moved from New Jersey. She's out here in LA, so I'm working on her album right now. Actually, doing some writing and recording. So I mean, do, I'm do working. You, it's nonstop. Do you have them come to the house or no? You just say you just uh, do. No, no, no. Uh, they come to my house. I mean, they have, we, they wear their mask when we're sitting down recording, or I'm by myself. They'll send me the files, like because I mean, yeah. I just they just I pro tools. Just send me the files. I'll dump it in there and work on it. Play to it and do that. Okay. So, and any um uh no touring bill no, nothing there's nothing scheduled for you right now no i mean for no uh i was supposed to go out um hey not with just counterbox but two days before covid hit like before we had to stop flights and all that and and people gatherings i was supposed to start rehearsals with bill Ge um, geezer butler's band dead deadland ritual and we were going to do some shows in like Europe, some big festivals and just playing Sabbath songs. And it was amazing. So, but that never came to fruition. So hopefully we'll pick that back up, but who knows? Yeah, I it's got to, I, I feel so yeah. bad for like all of the roadies and the techs and the truck drivers and the electricians and gaffers, lighting, oh, sound. Man. Like people don't realize what, behind the scenes how many people and you figure and they're working hard they're away from their families and and you know that's what they do for that's you know what they pick to do for a living for the love of it and now it's like you know you can't take a guy who's a guitar tech or a drum tech like your drum tech can't be like okay i haven't drum tech for a year what the fuck do i do like that's a very specific skill like yes. Okay, I can't go tune a guitar at the Home Depot in Lowe's, you know. So, and it's not like those places are really begging to hire anyone that has no skill set for what they're doing, because even other companies are, you know, not hiring as much because of the slow. Everything's slowing down, you know. Absolutely. I mean, hey, if it wasn't for those, the, all the crew people, bus drivers, and tour managers, bands would not happen. But yeah. I will say there is um, organizations right now online and there's donations for crew people right now that you can donate to these companies. I don't know what they are, but I have friends that are heading them and you, you can you can donate to them. And people do all the time. I have, there's like four of them. I donated to all of them. Um, something you should tell, she actually should mention to CT about that, but it helps these people. And, and like, how's Matt doing? I miss Matt, man. How is he? How's the Matt, family, Matt, the girls? Yeah, Matt. I mean, Matt's a unique individual because Matt, you know, I love he, him. Man. He, he has oh. he has multifaceted skill set. So he's he's not just a you know a, a, a guitar tech. You know, he he's he can do it a lot. He can do it all. Like and he has. Yeah. And he's 
I've so seen he, him. He's a, and he's as a, you he, have, yeah. Well, he's like you. He he's a he's a gentleman that can reinvent himself and figure yeah. it out. You know. So I mean, even Dave, my tech, who was my tech for Candlebox, and then I brought him along for a live. But he he worked with you know Matt years before that with when they had the other band going on. Grace's um, few with Kevin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Grace's Grace few. And Dave is one of those guys. Dave works yeah. for a, a company that is uh, it's a, a music company, and he's flourishing. He's doing good. So. He's staying busy and doing well. And he was a drum tech for me and Gracie and then uh, continued on with, with Gracie right now. Or even now, if the band decides to go back out after this, he'll be working with them again. Well, I tell the guys all the time, they need to redo the Gracious Few. <laughs> they they, <laughs> they need album. They need a second album for that band. And I think they even have the music. So, And it yeah. wouldn't take much for Kevin Martin to make 12 songs. But thank yeah. you for coming yeah, on. He's asking man. the show. Yeah, all of you guys bring it. <laughs> so thank you for coming on. It's a, I mean, great time. I mean, you gave some great stories that are just, uh, we'll probably want people to ask you more stories and more questions. But uh, anyone that's listening, I encourage you to check out Robin on all his social media. He's on Instagram, Facebook, all that shit. And uh, you, his website is, you know, you go to his website. Is it robindiaz.com, right? And yep. uh, is it? And, thank uh, you. Hold on. It yep. is uh, Robin Diaz. Robin Diaz. R O B I N D I A Z. So he spells it with a Z, which is probably the correct way. And man, what a! It'll give you like, hey, if he is touring, when's he touring? You can get tickets to the different shows there, and it'll list like you, when you realize what you just listened to, and the person you just listened to on this episode of all of the people that have you know wanted him to work with them. And because uh, he does the job right the first time, and that's what you get with Robin—a hardworking individual, oh, workmanlike, and just puts his head down and just fucking drums his ass off. So it's my job. I enjoy it. Student of the game. Student of the game. Like I say, don't hate the player, hate the game. Right? <laughs> that's what I say. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you for having me, guys. No I appreciate problem. it. Give my regards to your wife. Bill, how how how's your girls? Are they good? Everyone's good? Yeah, family's good. I can't complain, you know. Good. All right, man. Well, right, I love man. you, dude. I'll it's call you later. Good. I'll text you. So I know right. you called me. I was in the, on a call. And I couldn't it was a very important call. I couldn't get off of that call. Good, all good, man. And hey, Dan, good to talk to you. Thank you. You too, man. Yeah. Gentlemen. Get back to work. Au revoir. Stay safe yep. and wear your fucking mask. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> See you, man. Later.